Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. Welcome along, everyone. is where the main action is this weekend on the racing front and we're covering three races from the track in today's racing pod blast welcome along we're staying in scotland uh, naturally for our <laughs> most listened to segment the, the top middle and bottom football tricksy and then we'll close the pod blast with the best of the rest a <laughs> with a couple of stats and angles from the rest of Saturday's action. Also, at the end, if you stay uh, listening to the end, VAR George with his take on the boxing over the weekend as a little bonus for you. So let's get stuck in. First race on the agenda is the Denman Chase off at 2.25 from Newbury. Seven runners set to go to post, just short of three miles. Welcome along, Ben, and uh, you can start us off with that one. All right, Tony, yep. Uh, Denman Chase, not a race I'll be digging too deep into on the trends front. Uh, although falling maybe of some interest. Uh, all of the last 15 were rated 146 plus and 14 of the last 15 had previously won at grade 1 or grade 2 level before taking the Denman Chase. Now this year's renewal looks a bit of a conundrum if I'm honest and you'd be, you'd be hard pushed to say runners represent anywhere near the cream of the staying division crop. Uh, I don't think uh, any of the Mullins lot or even Brave Man's game will be quaking in their boots. But um, there's also four of the seven runners are wearing some form of first-time headgear. Favourite Hitman pulled up last time out on his first try at three miles. Um, admittedly, this one won't be as stern a test for him. There's also no out-and-out pace angle in this race, so could become a bit of a tactical battle, albeit any one of the four first-time headgear wearers, I suppose they could get lit up, uh, bounce away out front and set the pace. But overall, it's a bit of a fairly renewal for sure. Uh, Paul Nichols, he's won the race 10 times and had seven others placed. So naturally, Hitman, he does warrant plenty of respect, despite that pull-up last time. But I think I'll side with last year's winner, El Dorado Allen. Uh, he's been running with credit on his last two stars, despite being out of his depth at grade one level. And it's three and a half went second to Brave Man's game on seasonal debut when he was given that one three pounds. Uh, now it's like... I would say the best piece of form and offer this season for any of the runners in the race. So I'll stick with Eldorado Allen to give Family Tizard their fifth win in the last seven renewals of the Denman Chase. Uh, what you got for a story? Yeah, interesting that, Ben. It was well held in the King George, wasn't he, Eldorado Allen? He won this, of course, 12 months ago. Uh, but he'd been running well in defeat, hadn't he? Whether it be in the Charlie Hall in October and second of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I've uh, I've gone for Hitman. Uh, won at this venue a couple of place efforts in grade two contests. Small runner fields is his, uh, is his bag. On a left-handed track is a big positive for Hitman. Uh, so uh, small runner fails on a left-handed track, big positive for Hitman. Nichols admits, I've uh, been reading up this morning, Ben, and uh, different uh, Betfair columns and that uh, brochure that he brings out each year. He admits he's, he's got it wrong with Hitman. 
thinking too highly of him possibly last season, but still thinks, he actually still thinks he's got a grade one in him. He did bleed in the uh, King George before being pulled up. He bled from the nose, which is a bit of a worry. But uh, I will still be with him in the uh, 225 at Newbury. Won't want to get too far back with very little pace up front. But uh, And if Eldorado Allen and Sam Brown increase the pace at their leisure when they're ready, uh, we may be in trouble with Hitman struggling to get to the front pair. But I'm going to stick with Hitman in this Grade 2 contest. Next race, uh, we're going to the Game Spirit Chase. Grade 2, over two miles and half a furlong. Uh, not a lot from me here, Ben, to be honest with you. Green 18, uh, third of six, beating 12 lengths in this race in 2021. He missed the race last year. He is four from four on good ground. He's two from five in Grade 2 contests. Goes well left-handed and on an undulating track. Uh, and it, very early in his career, he won twice. Uh, put a double together in February. But... Uh, Nothing for me here really. I can't put anything up against Greenatine, and I certainly won't be playing Greenatine at uh, currently four to nine. Ben, your thoughts on the game spirit? Yeah, I am. Um, it looks like Granite needs to lose because he does have a, a big advantage at the weights based on official ratings. Well, I'm not sure about him left-handed, Tony, as you are. Um, I think if there is a chink in his armour, and there might not be, but if there is, it might actually be the left-handed track. Um, he's done most of his racing on right-handed tracks over fences, um, and he's only won once left-handed over fences, and it was a three-runner race at Fakenham. A right-handed over fences, he's seven from 11. Left-handed, he's one from five. That's a, a potential weakness there with him coming back left-handed, but I must admit, I've not seen anything in his left-handed runs that suggests he needs to go right-handed, but they have kept him right-handed for quite a bit now, so potential questions there about the fave. Um, Funambul Savola, he won the race last year, backed up with a, a second in the Queen Mother next to about, but since then he's basically not been sighted um, in any of his four starts, so he's certainly not bringing any recent level of form to the table, but None of those races he's contested since winning this last year have been under his prime conditions. And he, he does probably meet with his prime conditions on Saturday. So Fernambul Savola, he could bounce back. Um, Alexia Denui for the Tizards. Now, he also has his prime conditions to attack here, uh, which are November to February, days since last run, 42 or less, and fields of six or less. Now, under those conditions, Alexia Denui is six wins in two places from eight starts. And it's worth remembering, uh, he was a grade winner as a novice hurdler, grade one and grade two. Uh, now, he's clearly not reached the same levels over fences, but the first time cheap pieces certainly sharpened him up plenty last time out. Uh, so much so he banged in a career best on the pro form speed figure scale. And there's a good chance he gets a solo lead on Saturday, which could just give him the chance to steal it from the front. Uh, he, naturally, he's going to be up against it with Grenatine, but if there are any left-handed worries about the fave, then Alexia Denui, he, he could expose them by pinging away out front. Um, and at the prices, I'd probably take a stab at the Tizard horse uh, Elixir de Nuit, which then brings us on to the big race of the day, uh, the Betfair Hurdle, a Class 1 handicap over 2 mile, half a furlong. Um, a decent enough race on the trends front. There's a few ways you could slice and dice things, and my stats tell me that 14 of the last 15 winners met with the following trends. Age 5 or 6, 
had eight or less handicap hurdle starts and had zero or one previous handicap hurdle victory. And that chops the field roughly in half, so a decent enough starting point to dig into. Uh, on the pace front, Leach have the potential for a bit of a pace burn up in the early to middle part of the race. Three confirmed front runners, two or three others that may also be buying on the speed early doors. So potentially looking for something ridden with a bit more restraint that can uh, come and pick up the pieces down the Newbury home straight. Um, it's a race I'll actually be covering for my full member, so I've still got plenty of work to do on the analysis front, but using the trends and looking for one that will be ridden with a bit of restraint, I am taking my York Sea from the Gary Moore yard. Um, Gary Moore has won this three times and had three others place, all of them at tasty prices. Um, all of those winners and placed horses were aged five or six and carried 10, nine or less. Now, York Sea is a five-year-old. He'll be carrying 10, three when you take into account his climber. So, Moore knows how to plot these types up for the race. Uh, the form of York Sea's win last time out was also boosted by the second winning next time out. York Sea's juvenile form with Knight Salou also firmly suggests his mark of 126 looks well within range for him. So, York Sea for me at uh, double figures, he's 16s, 18-1, 20-1 in some places, and you've got five or six paying most books. So, I'll take a stab at York C, Tony, in the Betfair hurdle. What have you got? We love these big, big field handicap hurdles, don't we? Oh, handicaps, oh, don't we, we? Do. Over the we jumps, do. chases, all hurdles, it doesn't matter. We love it. Uh, yeah, yeah, good shout there, Ben. On uh, I've got, I've got uh, Filey Bay, No Ordinary Joe, Tritonic somehow on my shortlist. Uh, but we're going to, I've got two players in this for Saturday, Ruboard. Uh, trainer Paul Nichols, Harry Cobden is in the saddle. Two from two on good ground. Left-handed for the first time is a little bit of a concern. He hasn't been left-handed before, but he has won over this trip. Uh, he was beaten favourite last time out, beaten seven lengths by rare edition uh, at Kempton on Boxing Day in the Novices Hurdle on Boxing Day. Uh, but before then, he'd put a couple of decent wins in a maiden hurdle and uh, a novice hurdle in December. Uh, yeah, I like Ruboard. He's a he's an each way price. Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden Saturday afternoon, currently fifteen to two, and Orkin Risk for trainer Chris Gordon. Nick Schofield in the saddle. He's around fourteen to one at the moment. Uh, Sky better paint six places. He goes well left handed and on a slightly undulating track. He's won over a similar trip, and he has placed at uh, this track uh, Newbury in November when he finished second of six, beaten two and a half, uh, two and a quarter lengths. Uh, in a novice handicap chase. So it would be Orkin Risk uh, with definitely with firms paying six places. Ruboard at around 15 to 2, Orkin Risk at around 14 to 1. That's, that's it for our big handicap hurdle this week. Uh, good stuff. That's the 335 at Newbury. Right now, what you've all been waiting for is, of course, top, middle, and bottom. <laughs> So we're going to stop saying this is just for fun now, Ben, eh? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it, it, it was long ago stopped becoming fun and it came about. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's yeah. a £1 Trixie from us both, so it's just £4 in total each week. And uh, Ben has an update from last week. Indeed, Tony, <laughs> one winner, two losers, minus four points, and you got dumb Dumbarned. Band. 
Stenhouse, your score the last kick of the game to rob you a profit. What's a hot spot, not Tony? A Dumbarton <laughs> spot. spot. Yeah. For myself, what I have? I two winners, one loser, plus 1.25 points profit. Sterling Alvian going down to 10 men when 1 0 up. That cost me the full oh. house. Uh, damn you, Alvian boys. Uh, running totals now. Tony plus 33.67, which is still outstanding. Uh, myself, Plus sixty four point seven two. I am, but Brilliant. I'm only I'm only one uh, treble from you, show house, and you'll be right on on top of me, Tony. You know and that's the beauty of this. Um, but I'll start this week's one top championship Queens Park to beat Morton at Dolly nine to five. Uh, Morton winless in eight, haven't kept a clean sheet in the last 12, while Queen's Park joint best away record in the league and coming to this off the back of dispatching air last week their closest rival, so Queen's Park for me in uh, the championship Scottish first just the one game for us to pick from, week's a tight one, but I am going for Dunfermline to beat Airdrie at 6-5, to five. as mentioned previously in the pod, Dunfermline super stingy at the back on the road they've conceded only 4 in 11 away matches, winning 8 drawing two, losing only one. So I'll take Dunfermline to continue their march towards the title here. And bottom, drum roll please, Tony. Here I we go, going, here we go. I am this going is. for Dumbarton to beat <laughs> in at 6-5. to five. Go on, his sons. Go on, Dumbarton, his sons. unbeaten at home this season, conceding only four goals at home. Annan, second worst defence on the road in the division. Dumbarton have won the last three against Annan. Haven't conceded in the last four against Annan. So got to be Dumbarton here, Tony. It has to be. Brilliant. I'm on, I'm on the Suns train. On what the you Suns. Got? On the Suns. I should have exactly the same three uh, because we do these obviously separately and then we get together on a morning and we, uh, we chat and see what we've got. I, I very nearly we've nearly got the same three because I've gone Queens Park at Morton at nine to five in the championship, Dunfermline at Airdrie six to five. Obviously, Ben's given all the stats that there. I've gone here, Ben, in League Two, four far at home to Stenhouse Muir eleven to ten for her. Far. Now, can you remember, Ben, when we first got into this, this is what kind of uh, has, has tweaked us, uh, tweaked the interest, because Forfar were at, at bottom of the league. They were actually bottom of the league months ago in November, back in November, end of October. They were bottom of the league at home to Dumbarton, and Dumbarton was something like 9-4. to four. And we, we were top of the league, running away with it. And we are going, what yeah, on earth? Yeah. How is that? Dumbarton, uh, sorry, Forfar, are now fourth in the league. So there was obviously the bookies were right at the end. How dare we doubt the yeah. bookies? Uh, but we're going for Forfar at home to Stenhouse Muir, 11 to 10, Ben. Great stuff, Tony. So recap Queen's Park, Dunfermline, Dumbarton for me. Tony, Queen's Park, Dunfermline, and Forfar. Well, we'll move back to what we're meant to be here for. And, uh, <laughs> with some racing trends, stats, pointers of interest uh, for the other meetings on Saturday. Uh, and I'm going to take a look at a couple of last time out winner angles. Now, again, these are the types of angles that can be kept in mind for future racing, not just this weekend. Uh, first up, I'm looking at Ben Pauling. And if you look at him with geldings that won last time out, are running in a class three or less handicap this time and running off a break of 42 days or less and running in the same class level as the race 
they won last time out. Under those conditions, you see Pauling is 25 wins from 59 qualifiers for a 42% strike rate uh, and over 30 points profit. Now, his fine casting runs in 320 at Utoxa on Saturday, and he fits those stats well, kind of. He's actually off a break of 43 days, but I'm not going to split hairs over one day. So fine casting, 320 at Utoxa. And the other trainer I want to highlight is uh, Paul Nichols, because one of his is flagged up on my database in the 410 at Newbury, and that is Whole Town Hero. Now, he only ran four days ago, so I'm not sure if they're planning on running him again, but if they do, he fits the following. Paul Nichols, in class two or less novice hurdles with horses that won in the past 14 days. Now, that returns 26 winners from 46 runners for a 58% strike rate and over 16 points profit. So we'll be interested to see uh, if they turn out whole town hero again on Saturday at Newbury. Tony, what you got for this section? Well, let me take it back, everyone. This is a bit of deja vu, and we're going back in time. Three weeks ago, put this horse up in the 8 o'clock at Wolverhampton, but unfortunately Wolverhampton got called off, was abandoned halfway through the meeting because of fog. Let me bring you up today to tomorrow night, dear listener. 8 o'clock at Wolverhampton. Hooves like Jagger is back. Two from two over course and distance. All four career wins in Class 6 contests and left-handed, as well as all four career victories have come between one mile, three and a half furlongs and one mile, four furlongs. Runs off a mark of 58. Two wins over course and distance have come off marks of 56 in January 2022 and uh, a mark of 59 12 months ago and his last run over course and distance. Two from two over course and distance. Eight o'clock tomorrow night. Hope the uh, fog stays away. Hooves like Jagger tomorrow night. 8 o'clock at Wolverhampton. So, many thanks for listening to the uh, latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Remember to check out our midweek Pod Blast as well as conti- as we continue to build up to the 2023 Cheltenham Festival. Uh, what are we attempting to pick apart next week, Ben? Must be the Ryanair chase next, I reckon, Tony. Yeah, um, yeah. Is the is it missing in action? Aloha, a good thing. Ooh. Well, we'll see you on Wednesday, won't we? Superb. Looking forward to it. Uh, until then, it's uh, thanks and goodbye from Ben. See you all later. And don't forget VAR George as a bonus with his take on the boxing over the weekend after our theme tune. <laughs> Tomorrow night, there's a Sky Sports card headlined by the exciting Adam Azim. Firstly on the undercard, there's Zach Chelly against the American Anthony Sims Jr. Sims is the technically better boxer of the two, and he'll be more than happy to keep it at range, land the jab and counters. Chelly's path to victory will be to get on the inside and turn it into a messy affair, a bit of a scrap. But with the high hopes and momentum that was um, pinned on Sims just a few years ago, I see him being too good for Chelly, so I'm going for Sims to win the fight in round 6-10 to 10 or on points at 4-7. to seven. And you can find that under the uh, double chance heading on Skybet at the bottom of the fight. Then for the main event, Adamazine facing his first undefeated opponent in a perceived step up against Santos Reyes. In boxing, we know what Azim offers us. So far, he almost guarantees you an early stoppage win. So here we need to look at Reyes' credentials. He's never fought out of Nicaragua, just three stoppage wins out of his 12 wins. 
so he doesn't have the power to pose that sort of threat. A few of his fights on box rec don't actually list what him or his opponent weighed in at, and there's no age for him either. So not to demean or anything, but that's just a bit of context to the sort of opponent that's been brought in here. Goes without saying that Azim in the UK will be a new experience for Reyes. But what Sky wanted to know is that he's undefeated. But I do think we'll see the Adam Azim that we're accustomed to seeing, and he'll win by stoppage in rounds 1 to 5 at 4 to 11 on Skybet, bringing the double to just better than 11 to 10. Then just a single bet very quickly in America on Showtime Ray Vargas against Oshaki Foster for the vacant WBC title at £130. Vargas moving up in weight for the second time in the last couple of years while Foster's a natural at the weight. Vargas is undefeated but was dropped last time out and generally was he looked a bit too easy to hit at times. Foster is technically very tidy, particularly in comparison to Vargas, I think. And despite the two blemishes on his record, which were very early in his career, I think there's great value in Oshaki Foster winning here on points at 3-1 on Skybet.